May these words be in the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity. Amen. Please be seated. What are you looking for? This question is how Jesus introduces his voice and his posture toward followers in the Gospel of John. What are you looking for? The two disciples following him have just heard that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when he asks them what they're looking for, their response is basically, how much time do you have? There is a lot they're looking for, too much to name in a roadside conversation, maybe more than they can even articulate. So they ask to join him for the day. What are they looking for? Having heard John's take on who Jesus is, they already suspect he's the Messiah, someone appointed by God to serve as a king or prophet, to rule and protect the people, perhaps. Are they looking for the overthrow of the Roman Empire? For punishment of whoever has harmed them and their people? For judgment of souls? For the freeing from bondage to sin and death? Are they looking for the reordering of all creation into alignment with God's design? Or maybe they're simply curious, looking for answers or a spectacle. What is the Lamb of God anyway? Who is he here to be? And what is he here to do? Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. With these words, we have prayed over millennia in our worship, steeped in the mystery of what it means and how it happens that the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God, this rich symbol which evokes the Passover and resulting freedom for God's people, and the sacrificial animal offered at the temple and the resulting freedom from sin. The sin of the world is big and overwhelming, both then and now. Common people in first century Palestine were hungry, malnourished, subject to illness and disease, while the first fruits of their provisions went to feed the elite of the Roman Empire. The Jewish people had all kinds of red tape and restrictions simply for practicing their religion. And anyone who arose among the people to lead the people was publicly and brutally crucified as an enemy of the state. The sin of the world is deeply burdensome to those who follow after Jesus that day. What are they looking for? And of course, this question is still relevant for us. What are we looking for? And is it the right thing to be looking for? How will we see it and know it and not miss it? The disciples had John the Baptist to point them in the right direction. Who are the people who point out the source of salvation for us? And are we willing to learn from them, to humble ourselves and listen? As an aside, I understand that the staff at Trinity 
has been restructured a little bit so that Clarissa can dedicate some of her time to sitting with children on Sundays and creating space for them to learn the sacred stories and how to interact with them. This is a good move. So kudos, kudos to you all for seeing the importance of it. Children and youth are often better able to pay attention and notice and point us toward the truth than many of us are, and we should invest in their voices and their wisdom. I think one key, question, one key to the question of what we are looking for is in exploring what we're missing. What losses do you feel because of the sin of the world? What's breaking your hearts? For me, it's legislation that's being proposed all over this country that threatens the freedom and safety of LGBTQ youth and their caregivers. It's a middle school-aged black child being shot a week before Martin Luther King weekend because someone thinks he's breaking into cars. It's the current and predicted effects of climate change for already vulnerable populations. It's a painful rift in a relationship that feels too deep to heal. Unpack the sorrows of your heart so you can understand what you're looking for. What losses do you feel because of the sin of the world? We feel joy at the thought of someone taking away the sin of the world because we feel such sorrow and loss at the effects of sin on the world. And when the same things that break our hearts are what breaks God's heart, then we begin to align what we are looking for with God's vision for the world. We hear in Isaiah this morning that a big part of God's vision is to give the chosen one as a light for the nations so that God's salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God's love is so much bigger than we can really grasp. It includes so much more than we can fathom. The way that Jesus goes about working toward God's vision always includes upending people's expectations, showing us that if we have a piece of the truth, it's only a piece, and we are to hold it humbly because there's way more to it than we really get. He might also raise an eyebrow to our responses to his question, what are you looking for? Because it might not be what we really need. And the bigger truth actually looks kind of terrible when we first see it. Wait, God's love extends to that awful group of people creating legislation that harms children? Hold on a second. I'm supposed to love and pray for the ones who shoot an innocent child? Wait, the Messiah we've placed all our hope in has been crucified? This is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Sin is not punished out of the world. It's not taken by violence or domination. It's not manipulated or legislated away. God's very incarnation in Jesus, God entering time and space, 
showing utterly deep and selfless love as a human, submitting to suffering and conquering death. This is how the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. What are we looking for? Let's look for the deep truth in the upending love and suffering and resurrection of the one that we follow and become part of God's salvation reaching to the ends of the earth. Amen.